Hello, and welcome to the Mindful Bipolar Podcast. My name is Damien. It is October 21st, 2019. Happy Monday to everyone. I hope it is the start of a great week for all of us. Uh, Well, I, uh, for the past month, since my last episode, I have been definitely fighting a depression and some, some really upsetting things happened, uh, over the past couple months. Um, and I will, I will talk about them, uh, a little bit more in detail. So, you know, I, I did mention that I had uh, moved in with my girlfriend. Uh, it was back in, in June and I was, you know, so excited and just moved all my stuff here. It was uh, a, just a great feeling to move in with her and to be able to see her every day and for us to share our lives and, and our moments, uh, the little ones and, and the big moments. And But I, I will say that when I, when I first moved in, I was starting to ramp up. I was starting to get hypomanic, and it wasn't long, maybe a couple weeks, when I felt the hypomania really start to take hold of me. Uh, you know, Kanye West, uh, the rapper, he was on the uh, the Dave Letterman uh, Netflix show, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction, and Kanye West was was asked what his struggles with bipolar disorder are like. And West said, I can just tell you what I'm feeling at the time, and I feel a heightened connection with the universe when I'm ramping up. You know, for sure, I, uh, everything was beautiful, and the colors were, were prettier, and music sounded better, and books I was reading, you know, sounded like, I mean, read like, they were brought down from heaven and everyone that I ran into and had interactions with, including like the cashiers at the supermarket, they became my friends and we had great conversations and I thought I was the shit. I thought I was, you know, God's gift to man and everyone wanted to be my friend and wanted to know more about me. And I had so much to give, and my creativity and my intelligence were just astronomically great. You know, not true, but during the hypomania, that's that's what we think, that everything is great and that we are, you know, uh, an, an, a better person. Uh, you know, then we really are a different person, not better, but a, a different person. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a scary thing, not when you're going through it, but it's just, it's scary to think about because, it, you know, unless you start to do things differently or take care of yourself better, the hypomania always turns into mania. And that is exactly what happened to me. I, uh, it was maybe a month or so after getting hypomanic, 
and I was not taking care of myself. Uh, I was not sleeping very much. Some nights, not at all. I wasn't uh, exercising very much. I had stopped meditating. Uh, I, my eating was was sporadic. I would eat if I was starving, but not even when I was hungry. I was just so involved in so many other things that I just forgot about all these self-care practices that brought me to this ongoing recovery. And it's a shame, you know, so I will, I'll tell you what happened. So a, a few months, I was manic for uh, probably two months. And um, I was really irritable near the end of the of the mania like super irritable arguing with my girlfriend every day criticizing her pointing out every little thing that I thought she was doing wrong or that could be done better around the house and I also you know I wasn't very nice to her son I mean he's 17 years old he's senior in high school and I argue with him about listening to videos too loud or doing things I just didn't think were the best thing. Just crazy stuff because I was manic and I I was not thinking clearly. I was not thinking clearly. So one night uh, a couple weeks ago, he was uh, in the kitchen with my girlfriend and I, and I wanted to have a discussion with my girlfriend. And uh, I, I asked him to go up to his room, not in a nice way or in a in a way that would you would think someone would would acquiesce and say, "Sure, I'll go up there." He just, but I had been acting strangely, as I said, for a little while, and he refused to go up to his room. So I got up and I pushed him. I pushed him. And he tripped and fell. And he ended up getting five, six stitches in his arm. Children and youth were called at the hospital. And I was worried and I was. I thought the police would be involved. That was also a possibility. So I left, and I moved back to where I had been living. And uh, my girlfriend's son told her that he didn't feel comfortable with me living here anymore. And you know he's got some stuff going on with himself, like we all do. And in his, in his best interest, he thought that it would be better that I didn't stay here anymore. So I have moved out and back to where I was living. I mean, my girlfriend and I are still together. Now it's a part-time partnership, like it had been for the, the previous two years when we lived apart. But as I'm recording this uh, episode right now, I'm back at her house because... You know, the son has work after school today and is staying at his dad. So 
I'm able to come here when he's not here, and my girlfriend comes to visit me when she can. But, you know, the that bipolar anger is just... You know, I don't think it's talked about very much, but it's real. And I know that it was related to my bipolar disorder because I am not normally an angry person. I'm a relatively calm person. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, an argumentative, angry, pick at you, complain to you about this, say this is wrong kind of person. I, uh, I found a really good article. It's called Four Things About Bipolar Anger You Might Not Know. And it was on the bphope.com site. Number one, it says that the effects are significant. That bipolar anger or rage is a side of the, dis- of the disorder that has long passed under the radar screen. This uncontrolled anger has destroyed the marriages, families, and personal relationships of many people with bipolar. It has ruined their careers and left them emotionally isolated. Well, I mean, it it has definitely changed my relationship with my girlfriend, and I'm, I'm... Wondering if any of you can can possibly relate to the bipolar anger. But it's been a problem of mine when I've had these episodes before. Uh, I was was actually dating a person uh, several years ago. And I was manic. And I had been drinking. And I was doing some drug or another also. And I tried to push her through a plate glass window. And she didn't fall to the ground, but, I mean, to the street below. We were two floors up, but she broke her wrist. I had to take her to the ER. And, um, you know, not not a good situation. But back then, not something I recognized as being uh, related to my bipolar. I thought it was all about drugs. I mean, the drugs didn't help. The drinking also didn't help, but the rage that I get when I am manic with my anger is it is uncontrollable. And it's it's something that this time around I realized I needed needed to do something about. And I will talk about that in a little bit. The second thing in this article about the bipolar anger is mild to wild. The anger can range from, you know, mild to wild. Many times there's no trigger, or at least a disproportionate trigger that wouldn't set most people off. I mean, that is so true for me. There, I have these triggers, but like, when my girlfriend and I talked about it, like, she just, it's stuff that she doesn't really understand because she is not bipolar. She does not have anything close to this anger issue. So, yeah, I mean, my triggers are disproportionate for sure. You know, number three is uh, defining what anger really is. 
It says, experts are careful to distinguish between the odd, angry outbursts and the long, simmering anger and rage, sometimes lasting over several days, yes, for me, during both manic episodes and irritated states of depression, yes, yes. When I have my, you know, irritability with my depression, it's the same thing with the anger the same thing, you know, and I really, when I had that, uh, that interaction with the son, I, I think I was coming out of the mania, but I was irritable with my depression. So whatever episode it was, you know, it's, it's not good. It, the article says when someone is in a manic episode, mood changes can swing from irritability to euphoria to depression, all within less than a half hour, yes, yes, yes. Many times, people will just wake up with a feeling of anger they can't explain or shake. True again. I mean, I'm like, well, you know, I would, I would think, I just need my coffee, you know, I'll be okay. But I'd be upset and angry the first thing when I wake, when I open my eyes. It's just, and it would just take hold of me, and it would color my days and my interactions, you know, not only with my girlfriend and her son, but with anyone else that I ran into, you know, no longer the go to the the store and make friends with everyone. I was, I was no fun and an irritable asshole to people, including my mother, including my sister. So, what I did do is, uh, about this anger, I went to see my therapist recently and we talked about it, about what had happened and about my past. And she recommended and has referred me to an anger management group, which I am looking forward to going to because this is a problem I have had for many years and it needs to get better if I'm going to stay in a relationship, a healthy relationship, or maybe just any any relationship with my girlfriend. And, you know, I didn't really push too many of my mother's buttons, but a few I did, and I don't want to ruin any relationships that I have, whether it's familial or romantic, or especially with my daughters. My Fortunately, my daughters, who both live away from me, weren't involved in this. But, again, in the past, maybe in, in not such a pronounced way, they have been. And I am recognizing that this is a problem of mine, and I am going to get help for it. So... When I uh, when I fell into that depression, you know, a few weeks ago, I uh, I was struggling, and I realized I needed to get back on a more consistent exercise schedule. That I needed to be more conscious and aware of my sleep, and I started to meditate every day again, and I started to eat better. And I also uh, went and saw my psychiatrist, explained everything that had been going on, 
and he decided to prescribe for me the Vralar, which I had taken PRN and then for a, a little while when I was manic, but then had stopped. Now he wants me to take it every morning and it's not going to be PRN. It's going to be a, uh, indefinite amount of time that I will be taking the Vralar. And, uh, you know, I don't want to take any meds. I don't know. I'm sure most of you don't want to take meds either if you're taking them. I mean, side effects and stuff, but the benefits and how the meds have given me a better life, a more a life that I can better control, that I can have this relationship with my girlfriend and be being a good father and a good son. I'll take the meds uh, because... The trade-offs are, you know, I, I, I'm going to do it. I, I have been doing it. And um, and I trust my psychiatrist. I have been honest with him about everything. And I, I believe I believe in his decisions. And, and, and when I see him, it's almost like a short therapy session also. So, you know, we need to, all of us, have a good relationship with our psychiatrists and our therapists, and I am fortunate to have both. Another article that I found, which was on the uh, Psych Central website, is titled, Four Ways to Enhance and Sustain the Love in Your Relationship. I just felt, when I saw the title, I thought, well, this is exactly what I need to read. I mean, because I want this relationship to last. I have, I feel so lucky to have found my girlfriend, and I want to be with her forever. And she has given me this life in my ongoing recovery, and I don't want to lose her so the four things, the first one is looking at each other. You know, you talk about looking at looking into each other's eyes when you say hello or goodbye each day or having a quick cup of coffee in the morning. You know, it's it's affirming an intimate connection with the person in in this relationship and I have been trying to work on looking into my girlfriend's eyes more. Uh, Michael Ellsberg, who's the author of The Power of Eye Contact, suggests that when you make eye contact with another person, you in some sense give that person a glimpse of your emotional world. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's nice that we, that we can do that with someone who cares about us, who wants to see that glimpse in our emotional world. When it's honest and when it's in our eyes, which is our soul, right? That's a good thing. Uh, the third thing they mention is laughing with each other. The couple that laughs together reduces stress, steps over the small stuff, and feels more connected. Research suggests that sense of humor is found to be an attractive trait in particular, women like men who make them laugh, and men are attracted to women who get them. 
Both women and men associate sense of humor with playfulness and the resilience to get past the rough times in life. Laughter is is a big one for me. I again I I, I enjoy my humorous and laughable moments with my girlfriend. We watch, you know, uh, funny movies together, uh, comedy shows, and we laugh together. And telling each other stories about our days usually also involves laughing about something that we found that we find humorous. The fourth one is letting it go. What we have to do, it says, is hit a pause button, take the dog out, start cooking, talk later. And when we, once we have made our point, we need time and space, the other person needs time and space to process. That's a problem that I have. I am so quick to react and to just talk without thinking, without giving it you know, some thought, you know, my girlfriend has, has said to me so many times, like, I need to process that. I need to think about that where I'm just like, I rush right in and I say what's right at the top of my head. And I don't think and process nearly enough. And that is another thing that I am working on. The fourth thing they mentioned is letting the other know, you know, just, uh, for example, take responsibility for adding the unexpected in the other's life. And let the others know that they are friends and much more. I, you know, I, I tell my girlfriend I love her every day, several times a day, whether it's by text or on the phone or when I see her in person. And I believe that is very important and really can't be overdone. So... All good things, you know. I have uh, I have a lot of work that I need to do to make my life better again and to make my relationship better again. And I'm trying to be a better father because when I was manic, I I was in contact with my daughters, but I don't feel like they were the best conversations that I had with them and when I visited with them because I was ramping up when I saw them. You know, an example of this depression taking a hold, my old, my oldest daughter, uh, first year medical student, she had a, a family weekend and she was receiving a white coat to symbolize her commitment to medicine. And you know, what a great thing my first opportunity to go up and, and visit with her, to see the, the medical school and you know, to celebrate with her, I, I couldn't do it. I could not do it. I couldn't imagine being in the car for seven hours. I really don't have the money to pay for a plane. You know, after the manic episode, I put several thousand dollars more on my credit cards, you know, but I did talk with her, and I explained to her, I mean, I sent her a nice letter, but still, I feel like, 
you know, I'm letting her down. And I just don't want that to happen. I mean, these are not things that we think about when we're hypomanic or manic because we're doing more things than we would normally do. But, you know, mania always leads to depression. And now I've been suffering and I've been losing out on things I would normally do and places I would go and, you know, people I would spend time with, such as my daughter and my girlfriend. So, I know it's only Monday and Mondays are usually not all that great for us, for some of us, but, uh, I don't know, I'm, I am trying to stay positive with everything and, um, I know that, you know, taking the medicine now, going to the anger management group, continuing to see my therapist, and working on my relationship, all those things are going to be beneficial to my mental health and to having a good life again. So I am not quitting and I'm not giving up. And... Neither should any of you, because for, jeez, 15 plus years, I was not taking care of myself. I tried to commit suicide twice. I was in and out of relationships. I wasn't really communicating with my kids very much for years, off and on. But all that has changed. I, you know, I still suffer. I'm still going through the episodes, like I just mentioned, but not nearly as much. And in a way, I'm, I am happy that this mania and depression happened because I needed to relearn all these things that I need to do to prevent this from happening again and to prevent any other losses in my life, because I have lost plenty, and I do not want to lose anyone else or anything else that's important to me. So, you know, have faith in yourself and believe in yourself and, and know that you too can get better and you can have a, a great life if you're struggling a little bit now or a lot a better life and things do get better and they can and you can maintain that that goodness in your life so thank you very much for listening i um i appreciate everyone out there i hope you all have a wonderful week ahead and I will be back soon. Bye.